if you have missed all the action this weekend, uh, man, uh, you've missed a lot. We started off with volleyball, we had Bible making, we had a PTSD conference, and it's not over yet. Amen. And so, no, I'm excited about everything God's doing. And so if you're a guest here, maybe it's the first time you've come. Uh, HBF is about equipping the saints of God and the word of God to accomplish the mission of God and the power of God for the glory of God by the grace of God. So we want to invite you in to be a part of that. And part of that is just, you know, being able and ready to meet people where they're at with the gospel and then take them in God's word and give them what they need. The Bible has all the answers. It's the manual for life. And uh, it's so good to have a brother like Doug Carrier come in. He heads up the Wounded Spirits uh, Ministry, and, uh, and he is an incredible resource for the kingdom of God. And uh, he'll tell you more about that in just a minute. But Brother Carriger has been involved in the ministry here at HBF for several years now. He introduced us uh, to uh, the ministry, to the PTSD, those that are affected by post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, he himself is, has a great testimony regarding that. And if you're not familiar with that, you'll get to hear more about that today. But uh, we love having Doug in because he loves God and he loves people. And you guys know, if you're around here very long, that's what we're all about, making sure that we not just accomplish the Great Commission, but the Great Commandments are part of that. And if you're here this morning and, the, and your life is burdened and heavy laden, there's a great invitation that's coming, and you want to hang on to that because God wants to take those burdens and make them light. And so, by God's grace, uh, you're going to get a good word this morning uh, from a good man. So I want to invite Doug, him and uh, his wife, De- Debbie, wasn't able to come with us, but we want to give Doug a good welcome as he comes up this morning and preaches to us and uh, gives us the word. Come on up, brother. <clears throat> quick video about what's going on with the ministry. Many of you know. Well, first, let me, let me thank you all for supporting us and taking such good care of us. You folks are awesome. Uh, we, we try to pray for you every day. We love It's good to come back and see faces. You know, it's been a, uh, usually I had been here every year for a few years and then that pesky old pandemic and working our way through the Greek alphabet held us out a year last year. And, uh, but we're back right now and it, it's just an honor to be here with you folks. And Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for being part of that. Thank you for sharing your pastor with Wounded Spirits Ministries. It's a pretty big deal uh, to have Pastor Hedges, a real level head and uh, uh, a real great thinker, to help us design and put together policies and procedures and in a ministry that we hope outlives us all until the Lord comes back with a shout and trump. And uh, so we're excited about that. So I wanted to say that to you. Also, I wanted to give Debbie. Now, Debbie always travels with me. Most of you know that. Uh, I think probably in the last three or four years, she's missed three or four trips. And this year, for those of you who don't know, Debbie's like this total Christmas tree fanatic freak. You know, we set up seven Christmas trees. The house is a winter wonderland, all right? And uh, so we came through the latest letter of the Greek alphabet. She was just down and low, man, and we got hit pretty hard. And uh, uh, I just made a decision that, you know, maybe Debbie should stay home and, and get some rest. We got a really robust schedule. Uh, there's no more important guys than you guys, but I just felt, you know, sometimes you just know when your wife could really stay at home and work around the house and, and, and get a little bit of rest. So, uh, but she'd love to be here, and uh, I'm sure she's going to be watching this, so uh, I wanted you to know that. I want to show you a video. So one of the things we're working on, many of you know, we have a podcast daily called Help for Wounded Spirits. You can get it at Apple or different places, and we talk about PTSD. So every day we do that. Mrs. Wesco, who you met, she calls in from Indianapolis and kind of represents the ladies' view from PTSD and some of the things she been, 
she's been through, and we'll talk a little more about that later, but many of you know her husband was shot down in front of her on a mission field, and uh, she's raising eight kids, and she's just got a great perspective, and uh, I call in as the goofy guy who's really not needed, and, uh, and, and we do a podcast. We do five a week. God's done a work through that. We started the podcast. Isn't it funny how God does that? So we started on March 1st of 2020, you know, reaching out to people with PTSD. And our first two weeks of podcast, we were dealing with fear and all those types of things. And then, bang, the pandemic showed up in the midst of that. So God's been good to us. So if you're a podcaster, look us up, Help the Wounded Spirits. Uh, we're out there every Monday through Friday. It gets, gets dropped in about 3 o'clock in the morning. So no matter what time you're driving to work, you can listen to it. Anytime during the day, you don't have to download it. You can just hit listen. There's a couple thousand people a day who listen to us. And your ministry has seen somebody saved every week through that podcast since March 1st, 2020. Uh, we have not went a week without someone being saved. So I want to I tell you that. And so with that idea and thanking God for allowing us to be part of, a small part of seeing this, and we're so thankful that God lets us to see, you know, see things. And, and, and he's, he's so wonderful. He's so worthy. He's so great. God is uh, fantastic. But along the way, someone said, you guys should make a TV show. So we started praying about what would a TV show look like and how could, because everybody, we live in a generation now that's Amazon Prime and Netflix and Hulus and quick downloads and no commercials. And you guys know the deal on all that stuff and people binge watch. And we had been praying about making a video series that would include some testimonies, a roundtable discussion. And the people in the roundtable discussion are people who came to camps or workshops or like we had here at the church yesterday, got saved. God did a work in their life and, and got victory over many of the things they were dealing with with PTSD. So we invited those people to come in. So by March 1st, there'll be 12 episodes dealing with PTSD. Right now, we're working with Amazon Prime. At the very least, they'll be on our website and YouTube, but it's looking like we might be able to slide those out there on Amazon Prime. Really pray about that. We had a, a, a church come forward and, and a Bible college come forward and, and pretty much cover that whole first season and we're praying it'll take off or our second and third season will come. Uh, I had a lot of the film crew and production crew that, that did movies like Facing the Giants, um, you know, The Prayer Room, things of that nature. I had that whole group of guys, so it's pretty professionally done. We have a host and a hostess who's kind of walking you through the background of everything that's going on. So what I want to show you here is a video and, and catch up on that portion of the ministry is the video showing you some testimonies. So it'll show you some of the testimonies that are going to start out the show. But before we do that, we just wanted to say we continue to move forward. You've seen this in your prayer letters. Your pastor's involved, as I said a minute ago, with a retreat up in uh, northeast Indiana, a little town called Warsaw. Uh, God has put it on our hearts. There's like a 50-acre, 48-something acre, perfectly cleared land. Nothing's ever been built on it. And then down in front, uh, there's about 18 acres total, and there's a beautiful brook running right through the middle of it. And God has put it on our heart to build a retreat there. We've had some obstacles. We've dealt with some stuff. God moved us to start working on this at the beginning of the pandemic. Actually, at times, I, I was discouraged and said, God, are you really telling us to do this? We worked at getting a 501c3. We really had some problems with that. But the other day, we prayed in December's board meeting. We all got together and we collectively prayed, God, give us this 501c3 by December 31st, so it will show up on the tax uh, mandate or the tax software when people go out to give to 990s to organizations like ours. And once you know, we got that last Thursday, 
and the effective date was 12-31-2022. So we believe God's really doing the work. We have some bigger donors that had contacted us. We don't know how that's going to work out. It was last year that we're looking for some permanency. Well, I assure you, they were contacted right over there at the Comfort Inn the other day. I called, I wrote, I got a hold of everybody and said, it's time to move. Uh, you know, God is in the house for this thing, and we're going. So I wanted to update you that. But anyway, these are the testimonies. I'll get up and preach to you this morning. Again, thank you. I'd love to shake all your hands. If you're freaked out about shaking hands, we can do a fist bump, or we can stand six foot away and acknowledge each other. Anything you want to do. Uh, but I'd like to make eye whatever it, whatever it is, I, and I'm, believe me, I'm not taking anything. Uh, I take this corona thing very seriously. But if you could show those videos. Uh, to cope with something it went through earlier in its life. Uh, it's like a behind-the-scenes uh, brain holding on to something and trying to protect itself. PTSD to me is waking up in the middle of the night, nauseous, shaking, nightmares, and realizing that what happened really happened. You're at this table and you've suffered from nightmares, flashbacks, or disassociation. Will you raise your hand and say, I've been there? everybody at the table. Fear and anxiety, not knowing what tomorrow holds, at one point uh, suicidal ideations. It looks like a lot of worry and anxiety, um, bouts of depression, lots of flashbacks, nightmares, um, triggers. I have a lot of triggers that will send me into a panic state, almost a numbing. Well, in my case, you know, swallowing uh, the victim's blood and, and dealing with those types of things so blood freaks me out a little bit. Standing in Costco and seeing the uh, Christmas decorations, getting in a car sometimes still is a choice. It's something I have to say, you can do this. Um, I have panic attacks, I have anxiety attacks, I have flashbacks, I have nightmares. One of the things I, I stressed first of all was how important it is to listen to ask them tell us your story tell us what got you to this point things with family change after you've been through a trauma uh, when I came home from uh, combat uh, it, it was really hard to adjust I was still still in that um, that mode of combat uh, certain things at certain times um, my kids wouldn't listen the first time so I would uh, start to yell and then I would I'd just separate myself. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't deal with with their uh, quote unquote insubordination, if you will. PTSD to me is a response that your body takes from a trauma. Um, it could be from growing up as a young kid. It can be even as an adult witnessing something that's out of the ordinary, a traumatic event, um, being assaulted, being seeing somebody get mugged or seeing something that just your body responds to in an unnatural way. PTSD is something that I personally did not know very much about until I was introduced through Wounded Spirits Ministries. PTSD changed everything for me. PTSD is the complete polar opposite of normal. PTSD can be all-consuming if you let it. Uh, PTSD can take over your life, or PTSD can be something that uh, God has helped you champion through. You do not have to live in that constant 
over aware awareness or anxiety um, because there's a way through that pain, there's a way through that trial. The first place to find healing is in a personal relationship with Jesus. If you're dealing with anger, fear, survivor's guilt, suicidal thoughts, don't be afraid to ask for help. It takes someone really strong to reach out and to get help. First thing to let her know that it is not her fault. What happened to her in the past is not her fault. That doesn't define who she is. Her value doesn't come from that. She's not a victim. Her value comes from Christ. For those that suffer with PTSD or anything like it, I, I want them to know that there, there is help and there is comfort in um, the Lord. He has answers in His Word and He has people that can help. PTSD to me is a constant reminder of my past, um, but now I use it as a tool um, to help others overcome PTSD. I want people with PTSD to see God and um, draw closer to Him and He'll draw closer to you, the Bible says, draw nigh. And uh, the closer I get to God, the, the farther away from the craziness. If you have PTSD, your world's been turned upside down. Maybe you've been altered physically, emotionally, mentally. But to know that Jesus never changes. He's always the same. His attributes are the same. His promises aren't they aren't changed, they aren't morphed. And that is what is, is, is hope-giving, is life-giving, is joy-giving, and that's the essence of the Wounded Spirits Ministries. March 1st on that, it'll give you an idea of the testimony, some of the things we talked about, and... Uh, I think it'll be really a blessing. We're, we're praying that God would go ahead and help that get out by March 1st. Join us in that prayer. We have people kind of waiting for it everywhere. We've been on some radio programs and things of that nature, talking it up, and pretty are, people are pretty excited. Uh, we have a, a couple Christian uh, download groups that, uh, you, you know, that download shows and sell membership streaming services, and they just can't work for us. We need the largest group of people that we can reach out to possibly so we're trying to work something out. We'll always be on a website free, but it'll also be for the millions of people overseas that have Prime and things of that nature that can actually just turn it on and watch it. It's a very hard delivery thing. So pray that we make all those right decisions. We've dealt with some legal people. Uh, we're still in post-production. We went back and had to record some more stuff to fill things in. It's really hard to make these things happen. And There were times when we were going through doing the, this TV show that I kept saying, God, I don't think I'm up to this, man. It seems like we keep messing us up and, and things like that, but I believe God's going to use that. If you could open your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Revelation, chapter 4. So, uh, again, you know, you pray, what do I preach about? Where do I go? What direction? Everywhere you go. Uh, and I really sought God's face on this, and I wanted to talk. You know, folks with PTSD need to know who God is. You know, folks without PTSD need to know who God's, God is. I, I love the music. Uh, service this morning and brother Ron I loved your special I don't think I had ever heard that song before that was a great blessing to me but it's what and see I'm you know the burnout that possesses within my mind from living this life I you know maybe it was the chemicals when I was in the army we used to have to paint everything and spray you know maybe I just lost all that but I loved it Ron and uh, I'll tell you, I, I, I'm going to remember it next time because I'm going to go back and watch you do that and maybe even record it on my phone. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed your music program. 
And I want to say thank you for those people who are out Friday. Friday night was a blessing to me. And, and folks, that life issue group, that's a blessing around here. And, and I really want to say that greatly blessed me. And then to be here yesterday and be part of, you know, covering some PTSD and something completely different, going at it from a different angle and, you know, looking at the traumas and, and looking at the triggers and looking at the transition and not necessarily going into the characteristics and those types of things. That was, that was a great thing. And while we were doing that right in here, folks were putting together the holy oracles of God right out here in this uh, back show. You know, there are people in a church for an entire year that don't get three things like that happening. And that all happened this weekend at this church. I mean... Four people were saved this weekend at this church. And folks, don't ever take for granted what happens here. <clears throat> God showed up here this weekend, man. And uh, every once in a while, he lets me see him do that. So I'm always, always pray with me that God will let you see him do that. Because when God does his work, that's a pretty cool thing. And we got to see a little bit of that this weekend. So over in the, uh, in the book of Revelation 4 and 5, a couple things made me write this sermon in here. One of the things was I remember we were talking about folks with PTSD and how we should tell them to prepare for prayer. How do we prepare to pray? Do we just go into prayer? Do we, uh, do we understand what prayer is? Who are we praying to? What's the glory involved? How's God, uh, you know, fit in the whole scheme of things? All those things. And an and old pastor emeritus, a friend of mine at our church back in South Carolina, Tony Miller said, Brother Doug, before we can get prayer right, before we can write a study on it, before we can help people understand prayer, we need to read chapter 4 and 5 of the book of Revelation. We need to see who God is. I never forgot that. And, and, and another person made this statement that we need to pray like Moses, where, you know, where Moses said, God, show me your glory. I don't know about you folks, but when people get saved, God is showing us his glory. When people are printing Bibles and assembling Bibles and doing things like that, God is showing us his glory. Uh, when people are coming together and looking at what trauma does to people and how God can help people through those traumas, through the triggers, and help transition them to a normal, happy, uh, serving life, God's showing his glory. So, folks, when we pray, our prayer needs to be, God, show me your glory. Dear God, we come to you today and we beg you, first of all, Lord, if there's one here, oh, God, and they're not saved, we beg you that today would be their day of salvation. And, Lord, we'd be quick to recognize and point out that you alone save, you alone change, you alone brings the miracles, you alone give us life. Oh, God, if there's one here that's not saved, please save them. If there's one here today who's struggling and fighting within, and, and, and God, you're trying to move in their hearts and move in their families and move in their lives, and, and they've been pushing you aside and pushing you away, on this day, God, we beg you that you'd have your way in our hearts and minds. Oh, God, we adore you. You alone, God, are worthy of our praise. You alone, God, are worthy of our meeting. You alone, God, are worthy of anything we say and do. And every way we act, we should do that in a manner where we recognize that you alone deserve the glory, that you alone are worthy. God, we come to you this morning, and I ask, Lord, if there's any words in my vocabulary, if there's any thoughts in my mind, if there's anything that's not pure, that's not holy, that's not of you. Lord, will you strike them from me right here and right now? God, would you give me the words to say? Would you help me as we go through this large text, Lord, uh, to put this in some meaning and have us leave here better because we opened your word. We love you, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen.
Amen. So it tells us here as we go into chapter 4, <clears throat> a couple things that we need to know is going on. First thing, John, now John was made a slave. You realize that this emperor, Domitian, I think his name was Titus uh, Flamitian, Domitian is how it's pronounced. I do remember that's the only good thing that I got out of being a Catholic years ago with some of those Roman things and, and the Roman emperors and stuff. So there was this emperor, he covered about a 15-year period. And uh, he was Emperor Domitian, and he didn't like Christians, and he wanted to expel them, and John was around, and John was that old preacher. Can I tell you, the world is still out to get preachers. Can I tell you, the world still wants to get rid of preachers. The world still wants to exile people to the island of Patmos. Or Patmos. The world still wants to do that, so John gets sent to this island, and they give him directions to boil John. Folks, I don't know if you've ever been to Five Guys, but you see that big fat of grace, you order your... Five guys is right with God. Did, did, I, did I warn you guys about my ADHD and OCD and DUMB? You should know that. I, if you got ADHD, you'll stick good with me today, but everybody else is going to be a little bit weirded out. But uh, I always see that big vat of grease back there. And where we live, they have this real big five guys. And, and you know, they're dropping like 20 things in that grease. And in my mind, I don't think those are Idaho russets are going to change my life with a bunch of salt and seasoning. You know what I think? The Apostle John being ordered into boiling grace by the emperor and being dropped in there. But boy, when God says you can drop them wherever you want, you know you can put men in a furnace, you can put people with lions, but I've decided that John's going to be all right. So we're told in history, he just pops right out of there, keeps serving as a slave. You know, some people, they get so caught up in their life circumstances, they get so caught up in their uh, socioeconomic status, they get so caught up in the video game world, they get so caught up with their neighbors and stuff that they forget we serve a God who's so wonderful, who's so worthy of our praise, that he can stop us from getting burned up in a vat of oil. And John's still there. And then, then God gives him a glimpse of heaven to share with all of us today. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that day that I'm in heaven. You know, our tears are going to get wiped away. There's going to be tears. If there wasn't tears, they wouldn't have to be wiped away. But it's going to be for probably, you know, those we weren't able to bring along with us. Those things we did in life that we shouldn't have done after we've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, there's going to be tears. We're going to see some weeping from John. And, and, and so John's up there and it says, After this I looked and behold, the door was open for me in heaven. And the fir first voice I heard was, as it were, a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. I was thinking of a voice like a trumpet. Only God can make a voice like a trumpet. I've never heard anybody with a voice like a trumpet. I've heard some pretty good voices and things of that nature, but a voice like a trumpet. It's going to be loud. It's going to be resounding. It's going to be like something you've never heard before. You see, God is bigger than any voice we have on this earth. God is better than that. I mean, our new norms are going to be unbelievable. And it's going to be a voice like a trumpet. <clears throat> and he's saying these things must be thereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven and one set on that throne. It's going to be a throne like you've never seen before. 
You know, we see these thrones where Queen Elizabeth, I've never been taken in by this whole monarchy and Britain and things of that nature, but I've seen some of the thrones. Sometimes you can turn on TV and they, they wear that, Steve, they wear that 70-pound hat, man. Well, Queen Elizabeth does. She, she's 100 now. That hat's down by her ankle somewhere, you know. They have to do it in aluminum. And they try to dress them and make them look royal. Can I tell you who's the only one who's worthy? Can I tell you who's the only one who deserves a throne? That's Jesus Christ. Can I tell you the one who's going to sit on that throne? We're going to go to that throne? Boy, all these things are going to seem small. All these life problems are not going to matter anymore. We're going to be at the throne of Christ. And, and immediately I was in the spirit. Praise God. When you're in front of God, you get in the spirit. You say, well, there's things that get in my way of being in the spirit here on earth. And I've been there. They're not going to be in your way when you get to heaven. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper in sardine stone. Bright, bright red. The beautifulness of red. Red like you've never seen it. I I remember when I got my first MacBook Pro, one of the commercials said, they, they said, boy, if you buy a MacBook Pro, there's like uh, millions of colors, colors you've never seen, and it's going to be so much greater than, than the Dell Inspiron I had before I made the change. The color, they're nothing. Folks, can I tell you, when you get to heaven, you don't know what color is. Man, that color is going to be so great. It's going to be so wonderful. It's going to be so beautiful. It's going to be so vivid. Can I tell you something, friends? God's owned the rainbow for a long time. You know, there's no ownership of that rainbow with those beautiful colors goes to God. And it says a rainbow round about the throne in the sight, like onto an emerald. And here's that beautiful emerald green, just shiny and beautiful and beyond anything we can imagine. And, and John is trying to describe this setting with colors. And, and I think he's having a hard time. How do you describe heaven to all you've ever had is earth? And, I mean, what do you do? Do you say this is crazy, this is incredible? He's saying the colors were unbelievable. There's a rainbow there, everything's so bright. Hold your eyes, look out, this is wonderful stuff. You're going to see stuff that's great. You're going to see stuff that's, that's just beyond any of our belief. And around about the throne were four and 24 seats, and upon the seats... I saw four and twenty-four elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads a crown of gold. Now, most people believe that these twenty-four people that we're talking about are, are the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Remember, there was thirteen, but one guy, he got all messed up and, and, and sold everything away, sold out Christ, and, and turned him in. But there's got, we believe that twelve of these twenty-four are going to be the apostles of the Lamb. We believe that... Uh, <clears throat> They're going to be there in these 12 and 24 seats. And by the time we get there, we, and obviously John's up there. John may be one of them for all we know. Some scholars say that. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not 100% dogmatic. But that's what we believe. And we also believe that the 12 tribe leaders, the priests that showed themselves worthy, are, are the other 12. <coughs> We're going to go get to meet these people, man. They're going to be in the throne. We're going to be looking at these people we read about in our Bibles and stuff. And, and, and these four and 24, they're sitting there clothing in the right mind, and they're wearing crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Can you see the throne? Think about this in your mind. So many colors, so wonderful, so powerful that lightning and thunder can come out of it. And you get to go to that throne. And John's here. There's going to be a time when we're going to be up there. 
and it's going to be greater than anything you've ever seen, greater than anything you and I can ever imagine. John's fighting for words. He's talking about how just how wonderful it looks. And behold, and before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. Folks, we've never seen a throne like this before. We've never seen anything so beautiful. We, we've never seen crystal as the clearest glass. We, we know when we were in Germany, you used to be able to go to like Poland and stuff and buy this expensive lead crystal. They're not even allowed to make it in the United States anymore. And it was so crystal clear. And, and they would clean it up. They had a special cloth and a special cleaner. And you could put your finger on the other side of crystal and you could put your finger right here. And you couldn't tell the difference. If anything, the crystal made it look more beautiful. If anything, the crystal, and that's the throne. That's how clear. That's how beautiful. That's how wonderful. And the first beast was like a lion. And the second beast was like a calf. And the third beast was the face of a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts each had six of them wings. Can you imagine? It's like John's taking notes in his mind. He, 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 you know, he doesn't have an iPad. He doesn't have notes on his iPhone. He's not taking pictures. But when you see heaven and when you see God, you remember things. Uh, you all of a sudden, you're remembering this, and he's talking about everything he's seen here, and they were full of eyes within, and the rest were full of eyes within. Uh, uh, they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is to come. Folks, our God is so worthy that 24 hours a day, they're saying, Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. You say, well, Brother Doug, what does this have to do with us? You know, before we go to the throne of grace, that's holy ground. You're reaching out to a throne that has all those colors. You're reaching out to a throne that never closes. You're reaching out to a throne that is higher than we can imagine. You're reaching out to a throne that, that this God can change your entire world. You're reaching out to a throne that as you saw that commercial, you saw those people. I was thinking about that lady up there. You'll hear her story. I'm not telling anything. They all signed releases who was raped and beaten in the military, whose life was given up, who was in alcohol and drugs and things of that nature. And God showed her from the scripture how to get saved at a PTSD camp. And man, what a life she made. And she went to college. And, and from college, she's counseling people and help, helping people. And her husband who carried body after body after out of Iraq and could understand whether there was a God or not whose life was upside down, whose world was crazy and over and over again. And, uh, but he saw God was worthy. And those suicide attempts, why would I do that? God's on that throne and he hears me. People in this world may not pay attention to us, friends. People in this world are going to let us down, the best of them, but not the throne. Not the throne. And it goes on to say, and, and, and I believe as we see these wings and stuff, I believe over in Ezra 10, it, it talks about cherubim and, 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 and uh, of these angels and, and the different things, cherubim. And I think you go on and it says, and when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. And over in Isaiah 6, it tells us that, that his gown, it, it was like had a train that was so big it filled the entire room. And, and I'm not talking about some gown. I'm talking about a gown that only God can make. It filled the entire room and the tassels coming off of that and the godliness of it. And, and, and folks, 
folks, can we get a picture of how beautiful things is? Can we get the picture that only God can do something like this? That the God that we worship is this. The God we worship is not Hollywood. The God we worship is at 24 hours a day being worshipped. The God we worship 24 hours a day is concerned with your, where you're at. The God we worship is there. And it says in... <clears throat> And when the beast gave glory and honor and thanks to him in verse 9, they sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. The four and 24 elders fall down. So they start off, and it tells us over here this progression going on. They were sitting, and they were overtaken, as I'm sure they are many times every day. But the four and 24 elders fall down before him and sat on the throne. That sat on the throne, Christ, and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, there will be a day we will get a crown, hopefully, for what we've accomplished on earth in Christ's name. And that crown is not up for us to wear around and say, look what I did, and to have rank and to have, uh, have medals or ribbons on it. No. That crown is to lay at the feet of the worthy one. That crown is to say, God, I did this for you because your glory deserves it. Show us your glory, God. Show us your glory. Show us your glory today. Oh, and then it says, Thou art worthy in verse 11. It tells us that God is worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things. For Thy pleasure they are and were created. You see, we were created for God's pleasure, created out of nothing. I remember I, I told many of you our, our school had a program when I was a kid. We went to school six hours a day, and as a freshman, our high school decided they were going to try this state grant and go eight hours a day so you could go regular high school and you could take a trade. And I did furniture making, cabinetry, carpentry. And, and as I went through these classes, I, I remember one of the tests you got as a sophomore is they gave everybody four or five pieces of wood, some screws, some counter sticks. They put it all in a bag and they said, build a box. And by the way, you can't build it here. You need to build it at home where you have to come in after class, sign up when no one else is here, and don't show anyone else your box. So you went in, you had your glue, you had your dowels, you had your screws, you had the pieces of wood, and you were sitting there. You had to map out what that box was going to look like and how it was going to be and how things were going to be. But God creates everything with nothing. I remember everybody's box was, I saw some of the weirdest boxes you ever seen. Uh, my dear friend made a box in the, in, in the the teacher asked him, why did you make it that size? He said, because it fits a Big Mac. I said, man, that guy's brilliant. But hey, let me tell you this. Uh, my box fit a baseball in it. Everybody had a different idea of what should fit in. I had a signed baseball by Kalia Stremski, one of the greatest baseball players who ever played. Praise God, left field, Boston Red Sox. Green Monster, God's favorite team. <laughs> but folks, can I tell you something? God created all things with nothing. No dirt, no air, no anything. The God you serve doesn't need anything to create things. The God you serve doesn't need a starting place. The God you serve doesn't need anything you have to offer him. You see, I guess what I'm trying to get at as we go into chapter 5 is understand that the God you pray to on that throne can take care of everything without you giving him anything. He doesn't need to get a bag of stuff. Look what it says in verse number one here in chapter five. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. We won't get into what that is, but we know that the things in there are probably the judgments of the church. And, and folks, can I tell you, there's a price that's going to be paid 
Sometimes we go around and say, why are these people, uh, uh, you know, why are they going after the church? Why are they trying to hurt people? Why are people being martyred? Why are they doing things? How come people get away? They don't get away. The book's there. They're sealed. They're coming out. Read chapter 6. It's coming. There's coming a time when these people are out to get us are going to be taken care of. Uh, there, there's going to be a price to pay. There's a price to be paid, and, and, and God's people are going to pay it. God's going to make sure of that. God's going to take care of that. I remember a few years ago, I was with a family. I went out and preached in Texas, and I was with a family, and this family had came through, and at that time, their, their young daughter had been kidnapped, uh, kidnapped by a Muslim faction, and she was being raped by the leader of Al-Qaeda. She was a girl who went to be a missionary. I think it was in Turkey or something. Many of us remember her story. And they held her hostage and raped and beat her and passed her around. And the more she would say, glory to God, they beat her more. The stories that come out of that place is just unbelievable. Can I tell you something, friends? There's a price to be paid for that. There's a price to be paid for that. And there's a crown for that lady like we've never seen before. And it says, and I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice is worthy to open the book to loose the seals of. Who, who's worthy? Christ is worthy. He's the only one. Is he not worthy? He is the one worthy. And no man in heaven nor on earth, neither under the earth, was able to open that book, neither to look therein. And look at what John says. This is, this is hard the first time you read this. It says, and I wept much. Because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look herein. You see, folks, here's John. And he's crying. I think John's remembering earth. He's remembering the guys who threw him into Greece. He's remembering the people who beat him and put him into slavery. He's remembering his fellow uh, apostles. He's remembering how people were killed. He's remembering the martyrs. He's remembering how much hatred's on earth. On earth, He's remembering how much pain there is. And he's there and he's seeing this with seven seals. He's seeing his Lord and Savior. And it says he wept much. And I, he's weeping much. I wrote down, why is he weeping? Because there's wrongs that need to be fixed. There's wrongs in this world. And he said, all those wrongs are coming back to him. All those wrongs have visited him. And one of the elders saith unto me, weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the, seas, uh, the seven seals. And, and, and boy, it just comes right out and says, and these are scripture over in Genesis that, that, that claim the lion of Judah and, and, and then the root of David. Isn't that a wonderful thing, that root of David? Isn't it funny how God does that? And God says, I want you to remember three things out of this message. I, I, I want to go back for a minute and tell you what I started to begin with. Uh, uh, he is worthy. God is worthy. Remember that. If you get anything out of today's message, God is worthy. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our all doing. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And beheld in verse 6, and lo, and into the midst of the throne in the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as if it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits that God sent forth on all the earth. And uh, I, I believe the second point I want you to get, we just saw in that verse, is God is being neglected by us, saved folks. By people who've accepted Jesus Christ, we forget about his glory. And I'm not picking on anybody. I'm talking about myself. He's the lamb that was slain for us. And you know, John, John's seeing the lamb that was slain for us. 
He's not there saying, here's my almighty God. This is a happy time. This is a good time. What amazes me about this particular verse is John's seeing the slain lamb. And he's saying, that's Jesus. He was slain for me. I walked earth and I'm seeing him as the one who was slain for us. I'm seeing him. That's who you need to see. And it came, and uh, verse 7, and he came and he took the book out of the right hand of him that sat on the... <coughs> that sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the 420 elders fell down before the land. So we went from, we went from seating, we went to where they fell down there and they sat upon the throne and, and now they're falling down, they're, pro, they're prostrate, they're straight out, they're on the floor, they're laying down, there's a progression. As you get to know God, as you get to see God, as you live God, man, you get closer to him, you realize just how worthy he is of our worship. And point number three, the, uh, the glory of the Lord should be most praised by those of us who are saved. We should always praise the glory of God. The glory of God should be in our everyday. We should have the prayer of Moses where we say, God, show me your glory today. God, help me understand your glory. Let me live worthy of that glory. And they sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open uh, the seals thereof. For thou was slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and every tongue and every people and every nation. And, and they're saying, God, you died for everybody. You died for the entire world. You died for the 7.3 billion people. You died for everybody who's ever lived. You died for every one of us in this room. You've died for all of us. You alone are worthy. We need to recognize that. We need to recognize why you're there and has made us, to us God, kings, and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne in the beast and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times, 10,000s and thousands of thousands. Folks, can I tell you, man, heaven's going to be full and they're there worshiping him. 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands upon thousands. You can do the math if your calculator will go that far. There's going to be so many. And it goes on to say, and I beheld, I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders. And again, 10,000 times 10,000, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which was in heaven and on earth and under the earth, such as in the sea, and all that in them heard him saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto them that sitteth on the throne. And unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. When we get this, folks, when we get the glory of God, when we're ready to lay around that throne on our faces and worship him, when we're ready to lay around the floor in our homes and worship him, Boy, God can do a work. I read a story the other day, and it just kind of struck me, and it's kind of what led me to this message. 1700s in Europe, there was a group called the Moravians. The Moravians loved the Lord. The Moravians were people who would serve the Lord. They were among the first senders of missionaries. They did all kinds of things, and they had heard that the, uh, the vir what we call the Virgin Islands now were these slave territories, and there were tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, on these islands that were just slaves. Their only job was in slaves, and the words got to the Moravians that they had no preacher. 
There wasn't one there that would preach the gospel. There wasn't one there. So they researched and said, how can we send a missionary there? And, and right away, people got back to them and said, there's only one way into that island. Only one way. You need to be a slave. It's the only way in. So these two brothers got together, and they told their families and stuff that, that God is worthy. The one who is slain is worthy. And so they got together and they, they, they tried to get passage to this island, but because they were taking passage on a British ship, they would not allow them to let them in the island. They had to turn around and come back. And when they came back, a princess in Great Britain rented them a ship from Denmark. And these two brothers got on that ship and they went to the islands. We don't know much about what happened to them. There were 29 missionaries who made that trip. By the time the third missionary group went over to make that trip, they were used in caskets as their luggage just so they could be buried in them. History tells us that all but two of them died pretty quickly while they were over there. But folks, can I tell you, over 10,000 preachers have been linked to those missions, those missionaries sent from the Moravians. Over 10,000 churches over the years around the world. Is he worthy to you? Is he worthy? God's talking, they're talking about heaven and the colors and all those different things going on. And that God's going to open those seals and there's going to be a settlement. I'd love to have a crown to lay at Christ's feet. How about you? Is God that worthy to you today? And there's a price to pay for these people who, who do different things to us, who put us through things. John exiled, tried to get boiled in oil. All those different things, you know, Peter and how he was martyred and, and things of that nature. There's, there's a price to pay. Many of you and I, I'll end with this story. That price is going to be paid in Revelation chapter 6. That price is going to be paid when we get to heaven. Many of you remember Mrs. Wesker when she came here a couple years ago. And her wonderful eight kids, she was married to a, a, a wonderful man, a great man, Charles Wesco. They devoted their entire marriage to being in the ministry. The first 10 years they were married, they served as an assistant pastor. She was the piano player. Her husband tuned pianos and only worked a few days a week. The church didn't have money for a youth pastor, so he decided he'd make enough money to pay for his family, to pay their bills, but he wanted to serve God more. He wanted God to be more full-time than his piano repair and tuning ministry. And they ended up going to her father's church where he served in the same role, and he continued to work on pianos. And while there, someone came and preached a sermon and said, Is God worthy to you folks? And while they were there, they decided that missionaries were needed. They decided that it was time for them to go. For three years, they went around and they, they raised support. You guys remember this story? You guys remember that? Who remembers where they went? Remember what country they went to? Cameroon. They raised all their money and they got on a plane. They loaded those eight kids. They took all their lifely, all their life savings all their lifely possessions that couldn't fit in a trailer, and they sold them. They took every dime, gave it to the people in Cameroon to build churches and to send out Bibles and to send out tracts. And they got to Cameroon, and the first thing they did, they rented a house, and uh, they were inside a compound. They have compounds 
you know, 50, 60 houses. They look out for each other. And they had only one other American in the neighborhood. The rest of the people were Cameroonian. And Charles, right away, he had a love for grinding wheat and making homemade bread. And he, they, they made bread for everybody in the neighborhood and gave them tracts. And they were going around sharing the gospel. And he got pretty well known that they were doing that. And then after 12 days, they woke up one morning. They decided they needed more supplies to feed the people in the neighborhood. They decided that they were going to do more. And so they got in the car, and, 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 and their kids, when you have eight kids and you run to the store, you have a day. It's your day to get to go to the store with them. And uh, it was Hudson day, Hudson's day that day. And uh, Charles said, now we're going to take Charles, his second oldest son, Charles Jr., with us. And they took off down the road. When they went down the road, they came to a station of the police, and the police said, it's fine. There's no terrorists. You say, why would some people go to a country with terrorists? Why would some people go to a country with slaves? Because our God is worthy. Because these people need to hear the gospel. And, and, and they got there, and they went down the road. And as they went down the road, uh, Stephanie, out of, the, out of her right ear, uh, she was sitting right behind her husband, who was in the passenger seat in the front next to a missionary, and her son was behind the driver in the back seat, Charles. And her shotgun so close she could hear the firing even before it hit him. His head blew apart. And she held his head together and laid on top of her son and this man. And, and then they found out that there was a contract to kill all of them. She had to go deal with her husband. And he was breathing a little bit. His brain stem was keeping him alive. She had to deal with that a little bit. And as she dealt with that, she held his head together and, and tried not to lose it. And it took an hour and 15 minutes to go to the closest hospital. And they got there and they said, there's nothing we can do. We don't have electricity today. They got back in the car and they ended up, I believe, a doctor hopped in the car with them and helped her hold the head together as she was crying and losing it. And he was taking a breath every five seconds or something. It was just this stem making him do it. And they got to another hospital. And while she was in the hospital, person after person came in and they showed she had been shot because she had blood all over her body. So they had to put on a gown and she looked over and she could see her husband's feet. She knew he was with Jesus. First thing that came to her mind was, beautiful are your feet. This is so beautiful. Folks, he's worthy. Make your feet beautiful to serve. They came and they told her her husband was with Jesus and they escaped laying on the floor of a bus uh, from the English-speaking district where the, where the Muslims were at trying to kill them and, and things of that nature. They escaped. And by the time they got into French-speaking side, uh, Vice President Pence had got on the phone and called the president of Cameroon, and they sent a military unit out to escort them in the city into safety. They still had blood all over their bodies. They had no clothes. They had, they had taken a hundred and something thousand dollars and had $80 on them. Coming home, no house to live, no food, no winter clothes. They gave it all away to charity. You know why they did that? God is worthy. Some people will say, well, that was a complete failure. He, he only led a couple people to the Lord there in Cameroon. Can I tell you, the list is up to 8,800 of people who've accepted the Lord through Charles Wesco's story. In Cameroon, they, they're putting up signs. They dedicate things to them. Down in Panama, a refugee center, everybody comes in from Cameroon and the border in African countries and say, tell us about Charles Wesco's God. How worthy is God to you? I believe Charles Wesco had a big crown, Pastor. He had a martyr's crown. Boy, he was out there winning people to the Lord. He, he got slain for the Lamb. Where are you at? Where are you at? 
as those missionaries, as the boats left those islands and those missionaries were being put in shackles and handcuffs, the Moravians. This is what they yelled to the ship, first two that got there. May the lamb who was slain for our sins receive the glory. He is worthy. You know, I always struggle in life, and you see some people, and you're really disappointed that people spend seven or eight hours a day trying to reach level 15 of a video game. I know a young man who went out and spent $45,000, got his father co-signed for a $45,000 loan to get a Dodge Charger. Challenger. He could work at Chick-fil-A at 16 bucks an hour for the next four years and still not have that paid off. All he's going to have is an old Chrysler with a leaky oil problem and a propensity to say, my pleasure. Folks, what is it all about? Is he worthy? Can we push some things aside and seek his glory? Can we ask him to show us the glory? Can we pray every day? Can we read our Bibles? Can we, can we trust him enough to go to a Bible college? Can we trust him enough to step out? Can we trust him enough to help people? And, and folks, can I tell you, when you help people, they show up on video screens. These people were messed up. One of the people on the video screen showed up at camp, and the pastor told me he's going to kill himself. He's not saved. He doesn't know anything. I don't, I don't think God can do anything with him. Folks, can I tell you, he is worthy. 1.17 a.m. Central Time that night, lying on the floor in a coffee shop down at Southland Christian Camp. This man got on the floor and said, God is worthy. He's graduated from college now. He's got a ministry. What is God to you? Four things you need to know to be saved. If you're here and you say, Doug, you're not making any sense. This didn't make any sense to me. Uh, you just babbled on. You're probably right about that, but let me tell you something. That's more important than anything. Number one, the Bible tells us we're all sinners. We need to be saved, folks. First thing we need to know, the Bible says there are none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says we fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says that everybody in this whole world is a sinner, but the worthy one can take that sin away, can he? Number one, you're a sinner. If you're here today and you're not saved, think about what God wants you to know. You're a sinner. Think about what God wants you to know. Number two, for the wages of sinners' death, because of sin, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Number three, Jesus paid that price. You know what the Bible says? But God commendeth his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if you're here and you're not sinned, let me tell you the good news. He's worthy, and he died for you. And then the Bible gives us instructions over in Romans 10, 9, and 10. It says that we must speak it with our mouth. We'll believe it in our heart. We need to pray to him. We'll believe it in our heart, and we'll be saved. And it goes on to say, because the heart speaketh unto righteousness. And a little later in that verse, in 10, it says salvation. So we got a choice this morning. What are we going to do with all that? If you're here this morning, would you stand with me? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I want to ask you a question. Is there anyone here? And if you can't stand, that's all right. You can stay seated. you got some comfortable chairs here, praise God. Whatever you got to do. If you're here today and you say, Brother Doug, I'm not saved. And what does that mean? That means you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning and you would say, Brother Doug, I'm not sure I'm saved this morning, would you pray for me? No one's looking around. It's just me. Would you pray for me, Brother Doug? Would you look at me and raise your hand up while you're doing that? I see your hand. I see your hand. Anyone else? Would you look at me and raise your hand? Now try to look at me. I'll make sure that I'm in your eyesight here. Anyone else that would raise their hand and say, I'm not saved this morning? 
Folks, can I tell you he's worthy? In just a minute, I'm, I'm going to say the sinner's prayer. And if you pray that with me, I, I, I want to make sure that you pray it right and you understand. The Bible says that when we speak it with our mouth, when we admit that Christ alone can save us, that he alone can take away our sins, when we give those sin to him, and we mean it in our heart, we get saved. And the Holy Spirit of God indwells within us. So for the person who raised your hand, everybody else is praying. Person who raised your hand, make eye contact with me if you would. Would you make eye contact? If you raised your hand a minute ago, would you look at me? I want to say a prayer with you. I want to say a prayer with you. Now say this within, within your heart. Anyone else would like to join us saying that prayer here this morning? Now just speak it to yourself after I say it. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Lord, I know that Christ died for my sins. He alone is worthy. He alone can do this. God, please save me in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you do me a favor? If you said that prayer and meant it, would you do me a favor and just lift your hand up real quick? Just lift your hand up real quick. Say, I said that prayer. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Brother Doug, I see one hand, I think. I saw one. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, Brother Doug, Brother Doug, I, I, I'm not getting the glory. I need to wake up every day and have God show me his glory. I, I'm not serving God the way I should. If you'd say that, would you, would you say, pray with me, Doug? I, I want to serve God better now. Would you raise your hand and say, I want to serve God better? Hands all over the place. God can see your hands. He can see your hearts, too. Dear God, oh, God, there are folks here who want to serve you, Lord. They want to step out. Lord, help us to be better husbands and wives. Help us to serve you. Help us to blow this church ministry up to come up alongside pastor to come up alongside our sunday school teachers to come up alongside of our ministries and help each other we need your help lord be with us we beg you lord if there's one here who didn't say the prayer is not saved save them lord please in christ's name closing i'm going to let pastor come up i'm going to let pastor come up but i want to tell you the rest of the stephanie wesco story most of you know it with eight kids she's counseled 100 women this year seen people saved all over the country. People say, well, was it a waste that her, they went to Cameroon and her husband got killed? I don't think all those people being saved in consul would say that. Folks, you got a chance for that. Pastor. The, offer, the opportunity to, to receive Christ has been made. Maybe you need to step out on that and take the next right step. Maybe God's calling you this morning to... To obey him maybe you need to be baptized and follow the lord and believers baptism maybe you need to join this church maybe you need to uh, answer the call uh, hbi is open and some of you need to join that or get involved in a ministry or you need to make a decision lay a landmark down answer god's call right now and i'm just going to leave the altar open for just a moment if there's anybody that just needs to step out <clears throat> right now and say yeah, i need to follow the lord and believers baptism i need to take the next right step i need some help i need some guidance Maybe you just need some prayer. Doug's here. He'll pray with you. We'll have others pray with you. Anybody else just need to make a decision right now in public and make it and nail it down, right? Leave a landmark that, that cannot be removed. Anybody at all willing to step out in the quietness of this moment, in the soberness of this moment? And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we need to, we need to really take heed to what we've heard today. We can go to the throne in prayer. And so, Father, we come 
knowing that we can go to the throne. And Lord, we know, as, as Doug has just pointed out, Brother Doug has just pointed out, that we can get a reward, and we will have rewards at the throne. We think about Stephanie Wesco, and we think about her husband, and we think about many others, like the, the Moravian missionaries that have gone before. And, and Lord, as Hebrews says, there's many that are not even worthy. Uh, Lord, this world was not worthy of them who have suffered, and, and they've counted you worthy. It was worthy. Uh, to, to serve you with their whole life. They've given their life, literally. Lord, may we die daily so that we have the reward to cast at your feet. And Lord, may we rest in the reality of that third point that Doug made, that your enemies will be rewarded. Oh, Heavenly Father, we know that, that uh, those that are not right with you are enemies. Lord, I was your enemy before I got saved. And I pray today, Lord, if there's any enemies in the house, that they would understand that they are loved by God and that these are peace terms that are being offered. Lord, today is the day as we bring the word uh, as ambassadors of Christ, the ministry of reconciliation. Today is the day to be reconciled. Lord, I pray if there's anyone with a hard heart that has put off the word of God, Lord, that you would crush that heart, that you would make it contrite, that they'd receive the word of God quickly, Lord, while they can, because, Lord, we don't want to see anybody face your just wrath. And, Lord, we are so thankful for the reality of your resurrection and the power of Charles uh, that uh, we see manifest through Charles Wesco, who has died his wife, Stephanie Wesco, who has lived on. Lord, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. And Lord, we know that you will get the honor and the glory. Lord, all the praise and the honor. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity this weekend to just uh, take a spot and just hear the word of God. We thank you for the souls already this uh, Friday night that were saved, the one this morning. Lord, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would take uh, the fruit and the seed that's been sown. And Lord, that we would be good stewards of that. Lord, that we would nurture that. Lord, we need your help. Lord, we cry out to you knowing that we need your help to make disciples. Lord, we need your help to reach this world, literally. And uh, Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, that we would not stop short in, uh, in giving our lives, as the West Coast did, as many others have done. Lord, that we would die daily, Lord, so that we could live and see what you do for eternity. Lord, we thank you for this great day. We thank you for this time. We pray a blessing on it. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. Thank you for coming this morning. If you need to follow up on what's been preached, just remember that it's not too late. Don't let the Holy Spirit of God uh, be grieved or quenched. Uh, you can still see me or Doug or someone here that you know knows the Lord Jesus, and they can help give you the right next steps. If you're interested in church membership, we do have a next steps meeting coming up next month, uh, and so make sure that you, uh, you'll be getting an invitation to that in the mail, uh, and, or you can see it in the bulletin. It's actually in there today, so you can make plans after church on that Sunday learn more about that. If you're not like clear on the gospel yet, the good news of, of why Jesus died, why he came to this earth, why he died on the sins on, on the cross for our sins, why he's alive right now, and you need to know more about that, that's what we're here to do is help explain that in a very simple way as Brother Doug just did. So make sure that you don't do anything else than, than get that thing straightened out because there's nothing more important than knowing where you're going to spend eternity. And so praise God. It's a good day, isn't it? Ben, it's been a good week. Thank you, brother. That was a good, good message. And uh, I came away with three points. I think you said there was two, but I got three. So, brother, I'm, I'm going with three. So uh, that was good. And so uh, so praise the Lord. Um, <clears throat> we're going to go ahead here in a moment and, and take up the offering. Before we do that, uh, I just want to remind you that last week, I know we've had with all the weather and all the, the illness and all of those things, we had a great celebration, by the way, 20th anniversary. Hoorah uh, and all that. That was awesome. And uh, it was great. Um, we also last week rolled out a... Uh, a, a giving opportunity for a building. I'm not going to roll the video again. You can see that online. 
it's listed online. Uh, you can see that and give toward the, uh, the, uh, the shed that we need to cover our mower. Uh, God's donated a, no, a mower to us, a, a tractor, actually, to be more specific, and two mowers. Um, and so we're looking to house those uh, just on the south side of our existing uh, maintenance building out there. And so uh, we're raising, I think we're looking for right, almost 10000 9000 something dollars, and all that's documented. So as you give back to the Lord, obviously give the Lord first, give over and above that, uh, and uh, to the other things, the missionaries and the other things that we give to. And uh, we appreciate you all giving uh, to uh, just to continue to do the work of Bible publishing, the work of the ministry and missions, and of course, uh, all the things that God's doing around here. It's, it's excellent. And so let's go ahead and uh, as we prepare to take up the offerings, um, let's go ahead and uh, bow our hearts and uh, we'll get ready to, to give back to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the opportunity to hear this message, Lord. And as the plate goes around, Lord, and <clears throat> we give the first fruit of the increase that you've given to us, as we've just heard this message, Lord, it's a small thing to be obedient and giving to you. And uh, Lord, I pray, Heavenly Father, that uh, we would just see the blessing of that. Lord, thank you for the privilege not just to give back financially, but to give our lives, Lord, as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. It's reasonable, uh, Lord, to shot our feet with the gospel. It's reasonable to gird up our loins of our mind, and it's reasonable to be uh, filled with faith and to go forth and share the gospel as we ought. And so, Father, we, may we give our lives to that. May we give uh, not just our time and our talent and our treasure, but, Lord, maybe we just give everything. As the plate goes by, remind us to put ourselves in it and to give back to you all that we have because you're worthy of all the honor and all the praise and the glory. We thank you for this great message we've heard from Dr. Doug Carriger. Thank you so much for the weekend that we've experienced. And, Lord, help us to remember the lessons that we've learned and to apply them <clears throat> even now. As we go forward, help us to continue to be good ministers of reconciliation and be intentional about our gospel outreach and our discipleship so that you can receive all the honor and the glory. We thank you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. being passed. Um, he is worthy. That's that's a good mantra, brother. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, Brother Doug is uh, one of our approved missionaries, so you can uh, give to him directly uh, on your offering if you want to uh, designate that. <coughs> um, Pastor Brian wanted to just thank everybody for helping assemble Bibles. I think there was over 500 Bibles put together yesterday. I think they had uh, 15 or so people helping with that, so thank you for that. We had 20 or 30 here in uh, Doug's conference, and uh, thank, thanks for everybody. for we, we ate a good breakfast, a good lunch afterwards. It was just good fellowship. We uh, got to clear a little snow and ice, and everybody uh, helped me put stuff back together. Thank you for that. Tonight, uh, Pastor Brian will be starting a study of 1 Timothy at 6 p.m., and you can be home in time for the game, I think. So uh, the Chiefs play at 7.15, church is from 6 to 7, so you can do it. Wednesday night, Brother Jeff uh, Trude is going to do a two-week uh, series on prayer, and I've uh, heard him teach a little bit on that. So uh, this Wednesday and the following, Jeff Trude will be teaching on prayer Wednesday night at 6.30. Uh, this is the last week, I think, to sign up for the Bible Institute. Bible Institute starts Thursday of this week. And Saturday of this week, our four-year in-house Bible Institute, 
this is the last semester for uh, five of our grad. We're going to graduate five seniors in uh, May or June of this year. So, uh, but uh, you can also start uh, this time of year. Uh, don't forget, ladies. Um, I know God is in our retreat this year because I think there's been some attrition from the people that we had wanted to be speakers, and so uh, God's going to do something. So, ladies, sign up for the 29th of January. Is the ladies? Uh, there'll be a breakfast at 8:30, and the the uh, retreat will start at nine. And anyway, I think that's all. Pastor Brian mentioned the uh, the shed so if, if you want to give toward the shed for our new tractor that a uh, benevolent couple has donated to our church uh, please do that we're going to have the uh, offering open uh, 10 grand I bet I bet somebody there's a pastor used to say you know the good news is we uh, have plenty of money for our church building but the bad news is it's still in some of our pockets so uh, if you can give toward the uh, building fund we'd like to have about 10,000 to, to add this shed so we can house our vans, the uh, as well as the tractor. If nothing else, we can pull a van out and we can park the tractor in our existing building. But anyway, there's a need there, and it's going to help cut our mowing in half this year. I had no idea how big a job it was to mow 16 acres with one mower that kept breaking down this year. But we we did it uh, by God's grace. Many of you helped, and uh, but I've been over this property more than once, and it's it's a lot. So. Weed eating and uh, cutting down trees and clearing fence rows and all that. So if if you can help, uh, now we'll have two tractors. We'll have our existing mower and a new tractor. So let me uh, pray. Let's let's stand. Make sure you meet somebody you don't know before you leave. And uh, I'll just pray God's blessing. Uh, meet meet my friend Joe over here if you get a chance. God's doing a good work in his life. And uh, uh, Doug, thank you again for coming, brother. So Lord, uh, we. Stand before you as needy people, Father. We are, uh, you know, we uh, we hear these uh, these stories of Mr. Westco and uh, the Moravians who sold themselves into slavery because you're worthy, and and yet, Lord, we struggle with just uh, first world problems that they knew nothing of. So, uh, Lord, dismiss us with your blessing. And, Thank you for this soul that was saved this morning. Help them have the courage to keep walking with you and those that uh, accepted you earlier this on Friday night. And I heard there's even one on uh, Christmas Eve that trusted you. And so, Lord, uh, have you good hand upon this church as we go forward in 2022. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.